Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. I want you to imagine that you're walking down the street and in your pocket you have a one pound coin. I'd assume or imagine that as you were walking, you wouldn't necessarily be too aware that this was in your pocket. You would be uh, going wherever it is you wanted to go. It wouldn't necessarily be on your mind. It wouldn't stop you from going to certain places. It would just be a pound coin in your pocket. But now I'd like you to imagine that you're walking down that same street, but instead of a one pound coin in your pocket, you had 2,000 pounds worth of cash in your pocket. Some people are like, yes, please. I'd imagine actually that having 2,000 pounds worth of cash in your pocket, you would probably keep your hands in your pocket so that you could check it was there. You would probably decide to go certain places or not to go to certain places based on the fact that this is in your pocket. You would be careful about what you did and where you went. It would be on your mind. You would have this heightened awareness of the fact that this was in your pocket. You wouldn't be walking around carelessly with open pockets and just assuming everything would be okay. You would be careful. See, there is an unquestionable connection between the value that we carry and the way in which we behave because of it. Let's call this the value connection. See, you ever seen the queen when she gets picked up by those you know, 17 uh, Land Rovers that they come and they pull up and they pick her up. You don't suddenly see them drifting around the car park and, and pulling away from Buckingham Palace with like screeching tires and chucking some donuts around some roundabouts whenever they leave. It's like they understand that there's like a certain behavior that you have to outwork when there is something of value in your possession. If you've ever seen when a hospital needs to get blood or an organ from one hospital to another hospital, you don't see uh, the, the people that carry them just file out of the hospital with a little box or bag of blood and stand and wait for the bus and just wait until the bus shows up and then get to the hospital whenever they get it. No, they jump on motorbikes so that they can weave in and out of the traffic and get from one hospital to another hospital as soon as they possibly can. See, we tend to appropriate our behavior based on the value that we carry. Yeah, can I suggest that when it comes to our lives, big picture, I think sometimes we misplace the value connection. Sometimes I think we actually forget about the value connection. What do I mean? Let me explain. I believe that every single person, every one of you, me, all of us, every human is valuable. We, we have value. Some of you think, well, maybe let's look at this. So if we jump right back to the origin of humanity, our story, we go right back to the book of Genesis in the Bible and we see that God said, let us make mankind in our image and likeness. In theology, we call this a Margo Day, the image of God. Every single human bears the image and likeness of God. It is etched onto our very fabric. We are image bearers of God. Think about that for a second. You bear the image of God in your life. Not only that, let's take it a little step further. In Ephesians 1 verse 4 and 5 in the message, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. Like pause there a second. 
before God spoke anything into existence, you and me were on his mind. He was aware of us. He knew us before we ever took a step, took a breath on this planet. God had us in mind. I think that is insane. Let's keep going. He had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love. God has made us the object of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. I believe every single one of us is valuable. Why? Because we carry the image of God. And why? Because God has not only given us his image and likeness, but he has made us the object of his love. He has made us the focal point of his love. We have God's attention. How insane. The creator of everything that we see, the heavens and the earth, the wildflowers, the the insane sunsets, the galaxies, the universes. We are the object of his love. But if you look at our story of humanity, we lived in perfect peace, yet we turned our back. And when we sin, when me and you, when we sin, we turn our backs on God. We say we can do this our own way. We can take this into our own hands. But in this Ephesians verse, if we read on, listen to what it says. It says, To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given to us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, Not only did we turn our back and not only did in the light of God making us the object of his love, we turn our back on it. He makes a way for us to get back to him, to be restored, to be made whole. Let's look at this. If we read on in Ephesians chapter 2, I want to read this. It's insane. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rule of the kingdom of the air. And then we read on and it says in verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. So we are image bearers. We are the object of his love. And then he, he goes after us on this rescue mission. He sends his son. It says in Ephesians 1, the one in which he loves We have redemption in his blood. He sent his son to die on a cross, to take on our sin and our shame and to restore that connection between created and creator. We can be restored back to God through his grace. That while we were still dead in our sin, while we were dead in in the stuff, in our brokenness, the stuff we get wrong, the places that we fall short, God who is rich in mercy, overflowing, abundant in mercy. He pulls us back in. He gives us a, an opportunity to be restored back into who it was we've been made to be. And then there's this verse, I love it. Listen to this in, uh, in, in, verse, in chapter 1, verses 13. It says, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So when we respond to Jesus, when we hear this truth, this gospel, we get drafted in. We get adopted, pulled into his line, into his family. And listen to this. When you believe you are marked, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised 
Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. What does this mean? It says that when we accept Jesus, when we say, look, I understand what you did. I want to be drafted in again. I want to be restored to who I've been made to be. It says he marks us. He he stamps us. He says, you are now mine. I've pulled you in. You now belong to me. You're no longer just floating on your own and isolated in your sin, but you are now pulled in and adopted and and you, you bear my mark. And it says then the Holy Spirit is given to us. So we are image bearers. We are the object of his love. We've been saved by grace. We've been rescued. But then also we become a temple. We become a dwelling place of God. The Holy Spirit is sent and given to us. It's like a gift from God and it is God. God gifts himself to us and he dwells inside of us. So many times when we talk about having a relationship with God and we think, how does this work? Maybe you're listening this morning and this is the first time you've heard this stuff and you think, though I kind of believe that there's something out there. I believe that, like I just don't understand that connection between how there can be like this omniscient God and then how I can experience. Well, this is saying that when you accept Jesus, He marks you and he gifts himself. He gifts the Holy Spirit to dwell within you. And as the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you have personal direct connection to God. In your waking, in your sleeping, in your walking around in the day, you can see the world through the eyes of God. You can see things the way he sees things. You can be convicted of things you shouldn't be doing and inspired to do things that you should be doing. And it changes you, it molds you, it transforms you into the person that you are made to be. So I believe that every one of us, every single human is valuable. I fully believe that. Maybe some of you need to hear this this morning, that God sees you as valuable. You are not a lost cause. You are not someone that doesn't deserve to live. You aren't someone who doesn't deserve to have a future or a purpose. God has future purpose and value on your life. Why? Because you are the object of his love. And if you leave this morning, you don't take anything else other than this. Know this, that God loves you. He focuses his attention and his love on you. He wants to know you. Maybe you've heard this message a thousand times. Maybe, maybe this gospel message is so familiar to you. This, this gospel message of, of God's love and his grace and his unrelenting passion to see you restored back to him and back into the person he created you to be. Maybe it's become familiar. So if we believe that everyone is valuable, If we believe about this value connection, well, what happened to that when it came to our lives? If the guys who are taking the blood from one hospital to another understand that they carry something precious, something life-giving, something significant, and they they have to act accordingly, they don't jump on the bus, they don't wait around, they, they treat it like it is precious. If those guys can do that about blood from one hospital to another, What happened in our lives? When I see so many people, we believe humans are valuable. We we carry this value. Why is it that on our streets and on our screens and in the people around us do we see so many people living a life that is just does not add up to the value that God says that we have? 
We see so many people lowering themselves and reducing themselves. And some people, interestingly enough, might think they have an ego and they might think they have a pride issue. And, and it is very common and, and maybe come across as though they know that they're better than everyone else, as though they know that they've got something no one else has. But ultimately their behavior says something different. I look around and I see so much self-destruction. I see so much pain and brokenness. I see so many people acting in a way that just does not line up with the value that is on their life. Maybe some of you listening right now are just feeling a little bit stirred, like if God says that about me, maybe my life needs to reflect that. Maybe I don't live according to the value that I have. Maybe that picture at the beginning of you walking around with all this money in your pocket and you thinking, yeah, I would be careful. Maybe it should convict you because actually if God says you are valuable, there is something inside of you. There is something on you and you've just been walking around carelessly. You've been walking around like you just have nothing going for you, nothing going on. Maybe today is the day that you are going to realize what God has on your life what God is inviting you into. I want to read out a verse. I want to read out a verse from Ephesians 4 verses 1. And my prayer is that we can orientate ourselves around the will of God, what He wants for us, that we can become the people that He's called us to become. The, the, the people that He's designed us to be. My prayer is that we would be the church that He's calling us to be. Let's read this. I'm going to read it in the NIV and then I'm going to read it in the message version. In the NRV it says, as a prisoner for the Lord. So this is Paul talking. So he was in prison at this time. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Live a life worthy of the calling you received. Now, if you're feeling convicted, wait for this one. This one hit me square in the forehead. Message version says, in the light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. Run on the road that God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands and I don't want any of you strolling off down some path that leads nowhere. I, I really want to challenge us this morning. I really want to call us to a place, to call us up, to start living the life worthy of all that God has put on us. I want to acknowledge two things on two levels here. So I want to acknowledge the fact that I believe every single person has value. I want to acknowledge that what I mean by that is God has called us, invited us into relationship with him. So when this says live a life worthy of your calling, the word calling there is a Greek word klesis, and it means invitation. It's like this idea of God. It's not like a, as we would understand calling as in like, this is my life calling. Now it can mean that as well, but in the context it's saying, live a life worthy of the invitation of God being pulling you in. Live a life worthy of all that he's done for us. Live a life worthy of all that you are made to be. Because when you are in relationship with God, when you are restored back into the person, back into that sort of peaceful relationship, that whole restored place of peace with our Creator, when you live in that place, you are the truest version of yourself. Live a life worthy of that design. Live a life worthy of God calling you back 
into that place through the blood of Jesus. Now that sounds weird, through the blood of Jesus. See, the reason blood is mentioned in, the, in this idea of, uh, of restoration and adoption is this idea that if you know about bloodlines through families, and it's kind of this, uh, a lot of uh, in antiquity anyway, when they would talk about this, it mattered who your parents were. In fact, people were often known by who their parents were. They would say, hey, I am, you know, Joseph, son of, you know, and it was, people would understand who they were, you know, related to their parents. So bloodline was an important thing. So when we're talking about blood, this sounds like we're, we're washed in the blood, we're, we're drafted back in through blood. Now, blood is important because we have to understand this, is that we are drafted in to this sonship or this, this relationship with God. We're drafted into his family. It talks about inheritance. You don't get inheritance unless you are in this bloodline. We are drafted in. So for this bloodline to continue, Jesus, he died on the cross and he said his blood was shed. Blood is this super important, it's both symbolic and literal as well in that we were drafted in through the shedding of Jesus' blood. It's like the bloodline went from the specific Jewish bloodline to Jesus and then through the shedding of the blood from the particular to the universal, from the specific to the general, we have the opportunity, the invitation, the call to be drafted into the bloodline of God, into his family. Live a life worthy of that invitation. He is calling you, he's inviting you into relationship with him, into this, this peaceful, this restorative, this transformational relationship. But then I also want to acknowledge that on another level is that the, the person that God has made you to be, if we were to read through the book of Ephesians, it talks about how we've been given gifts, specific gifts, that we've been given talents and skills. So not only have we been invited into this relationship, into this restorative relationship back into the creation ideal in which we were designed to be, but we've also been invited, called to be the person that he designed us to be with a future with, with potential, with purpose. So he is saying, live a life worthy of that thing I've put inside of you, that future, that purpose, that potential. Live a life worthy of that. Let's look at this. In that message version, it says this. Here are a few things that I guess 